Join Jessica Smith on the Like a Girl podcast, where she defies odds, shares inspiring stories, and empowers women to embrace their inner leaders. Tune in for a transformative journey. So I want to shift a little bit here and talk about a major, major event in between all of the chaos in 2017 in moving here to Atlanta. So rewind back a little bit to Hayden is born and of course everybody's working. We have a busy schedule. Jonathan has a girlfriend and I really connected with this young lady, really super smart and just talented, special girl. And she was in a situation where she didn't want to be in her parents' home anymore. So she ended up staying with us and being kind of like Hayden's nanny. And, I mean, took really good care of him. Everything was great. Things ended up not working out between the two of them. Now, I don't know if I know all the story or the real story, but I'm just giving it to you from mom's seat, right? And in that season, it had been brought to our attention that Jonathan had made the decision that he was going to uh, be a practicing Muslim. And I will tell you, I would say, I don't know, heartbreaking. I know that that sounds crazy, but if I'm just being honest here, it was heartbreaking. And I guess a part of me was embarrassed, disappointed, heartbroken, all of that. And I'm just taking you back to that moment in time and where I was. Now, when Jonathan was small, I shared that he spent some years of his life in Kentucky with his granny. And this is like Pentecostal church, like she's a woman of God. You step in her house and you feel that the Holy Spirit is there, no doubt. Absolutely a beautiful woman. And she she baptized Jonathan herself. I mean, this kid was brought up in that environment under a strong faith. Now, once he came back with me, 
he knew that my beliefs were strongly rooted in Christianity, but the confusing part, I'm sure, and we, we've never to this day had this conversation, but um, again, I'm taking you back to where I was, and that is, you know, I can say one thing and, you know, he could see mom going to church or praying or reading the Bible or whatever the case may be, but this life that he sees me living is not aligning to what he knows the word of God says. So I think when that happens, we leave our children in a place of confusion, second-guessing Christianity, second-guessing God's word or whatever the case may be, just second guessing. And then the next step to that is they're out just wandering. And, you know, this kid is smart. He has a brilliant mind. And I believe that sometimes we're just too smart for our own good. And maybe I was just dumb enough to believe for lack of better terms. I didn't overthink anything. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just knew in my heart what was real and where I wanted to be. And I knew the relationship that I had. And you could not convince me that God sent his son to die for my sins. It was just, that's it. Didn't matter to me. Whatever you have to say, I'm not hearing it. So there was a lot of guilt that I left my son wondering, wandering, worrying, looking for answers. And he found them. in the Muslim faith. So at the time, he's seeing this girl and the way I saw it was he was brainwashed and then he brainwashed this girl and next thing you know, she's walking around with her head wrapped. And she considered me a friend and a mentor and only when she would ask and listen son or not and I've told I tell my sons this all the time all of them don't get me mixed up in anything you're going to do that is not right because I'm not going to go out of my way to tell on you but what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to lie for you not going to do it so you, whatever you do, you don't, don't, don't let me get wind of it because if I am asked, okay, I'm not covering for you. Son or no son, I am about right is right and wrong is wrong. And I have a heavenly father that one day I have to answer to. I am not perfect by any means. I've done a lot of wrong. And to this day, I'm still not perfect. I'm still correcting myself all the time. But what I'm not going to do is do wrong for you, just because you're my son. 
not going to do it. That's not the, that's not the mom I am. I'm not, I'm not what you call what the, the ride or die mom. No. Now, if you need me, if you get yourself in a little situation, yes, I've always been there. I'm going to help you out, but I'm not going to lie, cheat, steal, kill, not doing none of that in the name of my children. Just not going to do it. So I just shared with her that, um, listen, you, this is, this is just my opinion. You have your own beliefs and you're entitled to them. And I believe that, yes, God made men to lead the household. Absolutely. 1000%. And I'm here to be a helper. As a helper, I have a voice. I am not going to not have an opinion or a voice. It doesn't mean that it's going to be my way, but there's just a lot of things about this faith that I don't agree with. And I let her know. Well, long story short, they parted ways for whatever reason. And she's a wonderful young lady to this day. We are still in 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 good standing. She knows I'm always going to be here for her. So Jonathan moves on. And I don't know the story of when or who, what, how he starts seeing another young lady. I didn't know too much about her. And I think after that, you know, Jonathan felt like that relationship, not that he blamed me, but I think that he felt that she was heavily influenced by me, my ways and my thoughts. And that wasn't aligned to what he was looking for out of a relationship. Okay. I can respect that. So He's seen someone else, and I think he was of the mindset that, yeah, I'm going to just keep her far away from my mom. Well, late 20, what is this? We're 20, 2016. Um, he brings to my attention that the girl that he's seen is is pregnant. And once again, I'm just devastated. I'm like, no, this, this, this is not what I wanted for you. Obviously, we want our kids to start their families off on the right foot, right? We want them to be married. We want them to, oh, how about have your own mailbox key? I've never met this girl. You guys just started dating. I'm like, no, don't do it. So I meet the girl. They decide to move forward. And, you know, I remember having this moment of clarity when Jonathan's like, listen, mom, I realize that, you know, you wanted to have your first grandchild under certain circumstances and I totally get it and you want us to do better than you, but I'm also 
not a 15-year-old little girl like you were. And so, you know, listen, again, you, sir, do not have your own mailbox key. So there's that part. But to some extent, I understand. And a little light bulb went off. And I get it. He's right. He wasn't a teenager. In fact, he was in his 20s. So it may not have been the idea time, but, you know, it was one of those moments where you learn something from your kids. You realize that sometimes you carry this baggage of your own shit that you just, you know, sometimes you you just, you 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 put it off on them and it's like that just because that was my story doesn't mean yours isn't different. So of course I got past it and I remember they were at the doctor's appointment where they were having the ultrasound to see what the sex of the baby is. And of course I'm like having flashbacks of being in that room and them telling me that Hayden was a boy. And I'm like, this is the only way that this kid is going to redeem himself for having a baby right now under the current circumstances. Like this is, this is, this is it. This is the, I better be having a, a, a granddaughter. This. And so I remember them calling me on speakerphone, the doctor's in the room, and the doctor's like, so, Grandma, I was just calling to let you know that they are having, and of course my heart is beating, I'm like, and they're like, and I remember her saying, it's a girl. And it was one of the happiest days of my life. And of course, nine months later, or however months, four, four months later, Layla Anaya Lane was born. My beautiful, smart, witty, she's, 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 she's absolutely perfect. And so she was born in that year, 2017. I'm really bad with birth dates and all of that. It's just a lot for my brain. So I always try to connect it to something that I remember. And listen, 2017 was one of those years that I just will never forget. So we moved to Atlanta in 2017. Layla was born in April. We moved in June. And in 2021, they had another baby, my grandson, Yusi. Yusuf, we call him Yusi. And he is... So Layla will be 
seven this year and UC will be three this year. So his wife, they were married in the Muslim church, which like, honestly, I could say, I don't know when it happened. I really don't. I don't know when it happened that I was able to really let it go because I don't know. It was just such a big deal for me. It was so devastating. I just felt so everything. I felt angry, disappointed, embarrassed, anything you can think of. I'm like, I don't understand how in the world everything that God has done, my whole existence is based upon God giving the sacrifice of his son. Just praying everything I know goes back to my faith. And for my firstborn son that basically grew up with me to turn from our faith and go to the Muslim faith was just, um, like I said, I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was just devastating. So he, and, and again, he, he would disagree and his wife would disagree. But in my opinion, he found someone who also was searching. She did not come from a strong family of Christian faith. I think that, you know, she maybe had some people who went to church here, there. But when you really, really see the Christian faith modeled in a certain way, and you're brought up in that, and I wasn't, and I'm, and I'm thankful that I was able to have a rock solid foundation that could not be shaken, could not be moved, regardless of what I went through. You couldn't tell me any different. But she didn't have that. And in my opinion, she too was wandering, looking, questioning. And Jonathan was there with the answers. And shortly after that, she too would convert to the Muslim faith. Um, she is, her, her background um, is, is Filipino. And I want to say probably part of her family may have been from the Catholic faith, part from the um, Christian faith, but wasn't really brought up. And she came from a divorced family. And I don't think she really had a faith of her own. And for whatever reason, the Muslim faith seemed to feel right and answer her questions. And shortly after that, she too would wrap her head and her and I really uh, never had a close relationship. I did, you know, challenge her faith in hopes that I could change her mind and maybe then she could change Jonathan's mind. But halfway into that, I'm like, what are you doing? What, like, as much as I want, them to just do the right 
thing and what I think is right for me. I don't know where I got to the place of just just giving it to God is the only thing I can say. And to just say, you know what? At the end of the day, I want my kids to be good people. I want them to live a life with honesty and integrity and a heart to serve. Ultimately, that's the foundation. And for me, the vehicle of that has been my Christian faith. And that's not the vehicle for my children. I just have to believe that God's word said what he saved me, he would save my children. And I am never going to stop believing that Jonathan has a Christian faith rooted in his heart and in his soul. He was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church because that is the faith that I was born into, even though it really didn't mean anything to me At one month old, a priest held him in his hand and sprinkled holy water over his forehead. And then when he was a toddler, his granny baptized him. This stuff doesn't go away. And so... I was reminded of those things and I was able to just let it go because it began to consume me and that guilt that it was my fault. Like I went through a whole season that it was my fault. It was our fault as I joined in marriage with Will because we still didn't model what God's word said in our marriage in the early years of that. And I carried that burden for a long time and I had to lay it down. I had to lay it down because it really did. I It consumed me. I, I, I thought to myself, not only did I ruin this kid's faith, but he's then brainwashing women into coming over to this faith. And it it was, it was just a lot. And this is how they're going to raise my grandchildren to be it. I let it go. And it really allowed me to just worry about things that I can control first and foremost and not burden myself with guilt because that's a trick. That's a trick of the enemy to hold me back from living my best life so that I could serve others. So I'm thankful that I was freed from that burden and I was able to move on. And I'm proud. I'm I'm proud of him, I am proud of my grandchildren. They're 
beautiful, special, smart, talented kids. And I know that they will be good, decent people. And that's what matters the most. So we are here and I, we, we chose the house that we chose in hopes that Jonathan and his wife and the baby would, would be here with us. And they were, but in the back of my mind, I always had this feeling that she was someone who it's part of their culture to be very, very close niched with their family. And I respect that. And I get that. Whereas for me and my family, we, we we're close, but I think it's, um, it's, it's different because when I think back of me leaving Chicago with two kids and moving across the country and I have, there's 13 of us in my family to be able to do that. Like you're not too close with anyone. And I, and I really never felt that way. I have uh, bonds with my siblings, but really and truly my, I would say, or at least back then my closest bond since birth has been with my older brother. And that bond has just been based on me taking care of him and looking after him and saving him. So I was kind of happy to run across the country from that, but this is a different type of bond. So at first I didn't understand it. And as time went on, I had to get outside of myself and really understand that that's like a thing for people. And I always felt that she didn't understand the fact that when you start a family, that is now your family. So even though she was here, the baby was here, Jonathan was here, she left a part of her at home with her sisters that I knew that she would always go back. And so there was the back and forth, Jonathan would be here, he would then go to California and I was just afraid that it was again that baggage of myself and just seeing myself really never being rooted in somewhere that I can call home, which finally happened for me in California. And I also saw just his struggles overall with being that man and leading his family and having that respect from his wife and being able to lead them. So listen, it's still a struggle to this day in our current state. Jonathan is here in Atlanta. He travels back and forth. She is in California with the two grandkids, and I'm doing what I do. I'm praying. I'm believing. God is going to make a way. 
when it seems like there's no way God is going to make a way. So 2017 was an interesting year. Like I said, I started in this corporate job. My children are here. We are good. Will is starting his journey in doing something new, starting barber school. We also have my brother's son, my nephew. He is with us. So, you know, my my home is boys, boys, boys. So I'm always welcoming girls. And I'm working this job, right? It's an entry-level sales job. I'm reading this book, Never Eat Alone. I'm trying to get myself used to this corporate environment. I'm looking at what what do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Who can I get help from? Because what I've realized is thus far in my journey, I have gotten nowhere. I have done nothing, first and foremost, without the help of God. And secondly, other people. See, we're told and we're made to believe, at least in my family and in my culture, I don't need to ask anybody for anything. I can do it all on my own. That's a lie and that's a trick. Don't fall for it. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Lead Like a Girl. We hope you found today's podcast valuable. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback is crucial in helping us continue to provide high quality content. If you found the content inspiring, We would like to encourage you to share this podcast with your network. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and leadership insights on Lead Like a Girl. Until next time, lead with passion and purpose.